beginning of a new year, and um, I really don't want to preach at you today. I love preaching, right? I like that. I think the Word of God needs to be delivered with power, conviction, authority, power of the Holy Spirit, and, and I get preachy sometimes. But I felt like the very best gift I could give to this church on the first day of 2017 is simply point you to Jesus. Just point you to God. Just ask you to, to take 25 minutes of your life at the beginning of this year and look to the Lord. Now, I'm going to speak. I've got things to say that I think the Lord gave me for us as a church. But I want to ask you, as we're um, listening to the scripture, to really let your heart engage with God's heart. God has a very specific plan for each and every one of you this year. He's, he knows exactly what he's doing. Psalm 139, it says that every single day that was planned for us was determined by God before one even came to pass. 2017 is no mystery to God in your life. It may be a mystery to you. You may not know what's coming, but God knows what's coming. And so I just want to ask you, as we'll start with prayer this morning, that you let your heart be open. Let your spirit be engaged with the Holy Spirit who's palpably present here this morning. And let's listen to God. Let's pray. God, we're so thankful for the gift that we can set our hearts at rest in your presence. Because even if our hearts were to condemn us, the scripture says, you are greater than our hearts and you know all things. So, Lord, we rest in your perfect knowledge. We rest in your perfect plan. We rest in the future that's laid out before us, thanking you for the goodness that crowned last year and the goodness that will crown this year. Holy Spirit, come and do the work that you want to do here this morning. Speak to us. Interrupt our lives. Disrupt us from just business as usual. And Lord, just uh, lift our eyes to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. God's going to crown this year with goodness in your life. It's a promise. It's not because I know the future I can say that. It's because I know the Lord. I can say that. And it's the promise of the scripture that he crowns years with goodness in our lives. God's goodness is not diminished by the struggle in the world. Just a few reminders. God's goodness is not diminished by the struggle in the world. God's goodness is not determined by man's actions or women's actions or children's actions. God's goodness is not subject to natural circumstances. God's goodness is not counted by human calculation. We were not the ones who set the stars in the sky. We, 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 we are not the ones who determine, you know, there, there are people who write and say, you know, we're the captain of our own destiny. That is humanist hogwash. <laughs> we cooperate with God, but we do not control. And when we think we can, well, we know what that we know what happens, right? We know the end of that. Um, Exodus 33. I don't have the I have the, the the references on the screen. I don't have the text. I want you to listen. I just want you to listen. Just interact with 
the word of the Lord. Moses has just led the people of Israel out of slavery. I mean, this is uh, life-changing. This is generation. This is history-changing moment in the life of Moses and the Israelites. And Moses is between spaces. Anyone else know what that feels like? (laughs) I know I'm not where I was, but I'm not where I'm going. Um, God, could you meet me here in no man's land? And Moses and the people of Israel are sort of in no man's land. They're just, they're in the in-between. They're out of slavery, but they're not to the promise yet. And I think it's a pretty good picture of so many of our lives. We're out of the slavery, but we're not into the promise. And we long for the promise. We long for the promise. This is what the scripture says, Exodus 33. One day Moses said to the Lord, I like the way that starts. Like, One day Moses was just chit-chatting with God. And he says this, you've been telling me, take these people up to the promised land. But you haven't told me whom you will send with me. You've told me I know you by name and I look favorably on you. If it's true that you look favorably on me, let me know your ways so I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. And remember that this nation is your very own people. Moses was a bold dude. Moses reminds God. The Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest Everything will be fine for you. Right now you're figuring out, you're trying to figure out which translation is this, because I like this. New Living Translation. I like this one a lot. Then Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me, on me and on your people, if you don't go with us? For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on the earth. The Lord replied to Moses, I will indeed do what you have asked, for I look favorably on you, and I know you by name. Moses responded, then show me your glorious presence. The Lord replied, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will call out my name, Yahweh, I am, before you. Moses asks to see the presence of God, even though he's already seen deliverance from bondage. He wants more. I think this is freedom for us as believers to always ask for more. I'm all about contentment with Paul in whatever circumstance. But when it comes to the presence of the Lord, don't you always want more? Don't you always want more? If, If you're a parent of a child, do you ever tire of your child coming up and saying, I just want a little more love? I just want another hug. I was walking down communion and um, Carter McNeil, uh, who's sort of my secret pal, you know, he gives me this look now and again, and I sort of tousled his hair, you know, and he kind of gave me the cold shoulder. (laughs) I took one more step and there's a little tap on my back and it's Carter and he's like this. So I cried at communion. (laughs) I think it's okay as us children before the Lord. We just want more. Moses, Moses says, God, I want more. I want you to go with me. I want your presence. And what does God say? God says, I will cause my goodness to pass in front of you, and I'll call out my name. So I just want to look into this next year 
and, and ask the Lord to be faithful to his promise together, that he would show us his goodness, that this year he would crown this year for us with goodness. Moses' boldness provoked God to revelation. Just consider that one. The boldness of Moses before the Lord provoked God to reveal himself. Now, as people who don't want to be presumptuous, and you, you guys know me, like I'm not, I'm not, I don't want presumption. You know, I want, I want pure God. I don't want human zeal. I want the zeal of the Lord. But Moses' boldness before the Lord provoked God to reveal himself. There was something about the passion in Moses for the presence of the Lord that the Lord said, I like that, and I'm attracted to that, and I'm going to show him my goodness, and I'm going to call out my name. Moses says, who will go with us, and where are we going? And the Lord says, I am. It's a pretty good answer to every question for 2017. But Lord, what? I am. But Lord, where? I am. But Lord, who? I am. That's God's revelation. And so we just come through Christmas and we celebrate Emmanuel. God is with us in everything. We're going to see the goodness of God this year. God's going to do that because God is a creator and he's a recreator. So I want to read through just a couple of scriptures. Scribble them down if you want. If one prompts you or excites you or grabs you, just write it down so you can uh, look to it for the rest of the week. God reveals his goodness because he's a creator and a recreator. Lamentations 5.21. The prayer of the sad Jeremiah. Restore us, O Lord, and bring us back to you again. Give us back the joys we once had. It's a good prayer for the year. Restore us, O Lord, and bring us back to you again, if you've drifted at all. Give us back the joys we once had. I remind you, God has not drifted. (laughs) As far as we walk away from God, immediately upon our return, our repentance, he's right there. There's no working your way back to God. You just turn, and he's present. 2 Corinthians 4.16, this is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, we can testify, our spirits are being renewed every day. It's the promise of God. In spite of what we see in our bodies through the years, our spirits are being renewed. It's the work of God in us. Psalm 51, it's the beautiful prayer of David at the worst time of his life. We talk about a bad year for David after Bathsheba and murder and shame and the prophet coming to him and telling him, you're the guy. This is David's prayer. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. It's a a beautiful prayer of David. It's like David is saying, God, you've got the whole thing. You know it all. You know it from the beginning. You know what's coming. You know that I want to obey you. Just make me willing to do it. (laughs) You know, God, do the thing that you can do. Put in me the willingness to obey. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Forget the former things. I'm not saying forget all the good things. I'm just saying let's not dwell on the negative past that we can't change. 
Forget the former things, Isaiah says. Do not dwell on the past. The Lord says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. If there's any part of your life that you would characterize as wilderness or wasteland, I promise God's there. How else can he make it streams in the desert unless he's present there in the middle of the desert? Jeremiah 29, 11 and 13. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. God does not desire to be hidden from us. With God, it's not a game of hide and seek. He knows his people. I mean, he knows what's in our hearts. He knows what we need to come close. Sometimes he will allow us to go through times of dryness, right? Because he knows that, that, he knows that when we're prompted by love and desperation, we'll meet him in delight. That's God's goodness to us. Philippians 3, 12 to 14. I do not consider myself to have arrived spiritually. In case you look at last year and say, ha, I'm all that in a bag of chips. I do not consider myself to have arrived spiritually, nor do I consider myself already perfect. This is the Apostle Paul at the end of his ministry. But I keep going on, grasping ever more firmly that purpose for which Christ grasped me. It's Paul saying, like, I know Jesus, you know, saved me for something. And I, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm near to it. I'm preaching the gospel. I'm giving him glory, you know, but I want more. I want more. I want to be more honed in on that thing. I want to grab more firmly that thing for which Jesus grabbed me out of hell and set me on the road to salvation. And there's a holy longing, right? There's a holy discontent in that. My brothers, I do not consider myself to have fully grasped it even now, but I do concentrate on this. I leave the past behind and with hands outstretched to whatever lies ahead, I go straight for the goal. With hands outstretched for whatever lies ahead. Paul is pretty close with Jesus and still doesn't know exactly what's coming. I go straight for the goal, my reward, the honor of being called by God in Christ. It's the honor of every believer. You've been called by God in Christ. Destiny. Maybe let's not mess around with so much as what is my exact and what is my, you know, let's not be so me focused in the process of it all. I can say that because that's me, right? But God, you grabbed me for something. I just want to grab hold of that. You know, it's like water skiing. If you've ever water skied, you can grab hold of that rope, but you cannot pull yourself up. You know, you, you need the power of that thing to, to thrust you forward. And it's, it's like that, I think, in the kingdom. This must be a good thought because I never had it before in my life. <laughs> I think it's like that in the kingdom. You know, we can grab hold of that which God puts before us, but we can't stand up into it until God pulls us. I mean, you just can't pick yourself up by your bootstraps. There's a God part in all of this, right? Let's not forget that there's a God part in all of this. Now, at the end of the message, I'll remind you, let's not forget there's an us part of it too. 
Psalm 65, 11, you crown the year with your goodness and your paths drip with abundance. I'm wondering, what would you like to see God renew in your life in 2017? What would you like to see God renew? Not what's your New Year's resolution, not what will you do, not how will you change yourself. Though I applaud all the effort and longing and desire and discipline. But what would you ask God to renew in your life? I'm not asking you to make a year-long commitment. I'm not asking for any big, lofty, prophetic declaration of eternal significance. Just simply, as you look at your life in the light of the kingdom of God, where would you like to see the newness of Jesus? God says, I make all things new. Jesus said, if anyone is in Christ, he's a, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. For the next three months, we're going to be talking about all things being new. What does it mean that we're in Christ? But on this day, I'm just asking you to look to God and let God, in, the, in light of the kingdom, just shine the spirit on you and reveal to you what do you need to be renewed. What in your life, in your family, in your church, whether it's this place or another, your community, your workplace, your neighborhood, what in your extended family needs to be renewed, needs to be restored, needs to be resurrected or reclaimed or maybe released. This is just a huge invitation from God. For some reason, God decided that there every year would be a new year. And we just get to start a fresh calendar, you know. And we just get to, to look with, with new eyes to a new space in our lives. <clears throat> in a lot of the church around the world, this day today, the first Sunday after Christmas, it's a, it's a, lit, a liturgical day in the calendar year. Anybody know what it is? I mean, just for fun. Just because I love to know stuff that you don't. No, I'm kidding. It's, the, uh, it's when we celebrate the circumcision and the naming of Jesus. So eight days after Jesus was born, he was circumcised. That was the Jewish custom. And also he was named on that day. Now we know if you're here Christmas Eve, I talked about the importance of names in the Hebrew culture. God was so intent that Mary and Joseph would get the right name for Jesus that he sent an angel to each of them separately so there's no he said, she said, right? They both got an individual revelation and you will call him what? Jesus. Because he'll save his people from their sins. The name of Jesus spoke about the destiny of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Yeshua, God is salvation. God saves. The name of Jesus declared the work of Jesus before Jesus had even acted. I'm just saying God, in his sovereignty, decided that the name would be pronounced and then the life would be lived according to that name. God was okay with that. Setting out before Jesus, here's what I have for you. Just imagine Jesus like every year on his birthday, you know. God is salvation. What does that mean? You'll save. Don't you think Joseph and Mary said to Jesus as he was growing up, and then we saw an angel, and Jesus was like, yeah, and the angel said... I don't know what he did. I, the angel said, call him Jesus. He'll save his people from their sins. Right, right, right. I know that. 
I, I don't know. I'm not mocking. I, I don't know. He was fully human. What was Jesus like as a six-year-old? Chris? Six-year-old. We got one of those. <laughs> yeah, perfectly obedient. <laughs> I don't know how all that works. But he's living up to his name. Eventually, year by year. In his name, his work was acknowledged before he'd even taken one step. So I'm challenging you this morning for today or this week. Ask the Lord to name this year for you. That's that's my challenge. Ask the Lord to name the year for you. And I won't get real specific about it. I personally love simplicity. One word. I asked the Lord for one word to name this year, and he gave it to me. And sometime I'll tell you about it. But this isn't about telling other people the name of the year that the Lord gave you. What, what, one year from now, what would Jesus like to celebrate in your life for 2017? Just think of it. In light of the kingdom, what would Jesus love to celebrate one year from now about 2017 in your life? How would the Lord crown this year with his goodness? It's okay. Remember how bold Moses was? Go for it. Lovingly, reverently, provoke the Lord. Lord, what do you want to do this year? What do you want to do this year in me? What's the vineyard called to this year? What what do you want to see in my community, in my neighborhood, in my workplace, in my school, in my life, in my devotion, in my body? Lord, what do you want to crown this year with? I want to see your goodness. What would Jesus have this year of your life characterized by? What would Jesus want to do in and through you this year? What does Jesus want to celebrate? Now, I'm not calling this a New Year's resolution, all right? You want New Year's resolutions? I'm okay. That's fine. You can have them. I'm not going to joke about them. Not my thing. I would call this a New Year's recognition or maybe a New Year's revelation. Lord, give us a New Year's revelation. What's the next year look like? I mean, doesn't it sometimes just good to, to frame a period of time? There was a, a year, it's probably seven years ago, the Lord said to me on my birthday, because I always ask him to speak on my birthday, the Lord said, this year is trust, courage, and joy. That's your three things. I love three things, right? I, I, I uh, made the great fortuitous mistake of telling Keith Gilbert, that I told that the Lord told me this is the year of trust, courage, and joy. I must have had 50 text messages from Keith Gilbert that year. And every one of them said, trust, courage, and joy. That's a pretty good friend. And you know what it did? It reminded me on the horizontal that the Lord had spoken in the vertical. I mean, we, so I, I'm, not, I'm not asking this to be a secret thing just between you and the Lord. I mean, go to the secret place and ask the Lord, what's the year characterized by? How would you name this year? What's it all about? But then you've got to tell someone. You've got to tell someone who will ask you the question one week, three months, eight months, 11 months into the year. So how about that word from the Lord? Where is it? What's what's God doing? It It just gives us eyes to see, right? Please do not fall into the charismatic mistake. of thinking that this has to be mystical, profound, all right? That it has to come through a prophetic word 
Or, you know, a dew drop from heaven has to drop on the Bible and glisten. And... I love that stuff, all right? But if the Lord speaks to you about what he wants for you this year, go for it. Ask the Lord for a scripture. If you don't know the scripture, go to the concordance. It's the thing in the back. Go to, the, go to someone you know who knows the scripture. Go to, of all things, a holy Google. Right? And find the scripture that gives you an anchor for this is what the Lord's doing. The Lord gave me a word and he gave me a scripture. And I'm memorizing that scripture. I hadn't memorized it before. I'm memorizing it now. I'm going to study that scripture in every translation I can find. I'm going to pick it apart. I'm going to meditate on it. Because that's what God wants to do this year. What else would I do? Study Benedictines? I mean, if God gives you a gift of naming your year, and gives you a scripture, go for it. You know, now maybe God will give some prophetically or in a dream or in a vision. One year I had a scripture. It was given to me because Barry had a dream. Barry, our, our family pastor, had a dream. And on the dream, in the dream, he was handing me a prescription bottle. And on the bottle was a verse, Isaiah thirty fifteen. It was my It was my prescription for health. Barry had no idea. Isaiah thirty fifteen is like one of my foundational scriptures of my life. In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. So God may give some prophetically awesome. But you know what? I didn't get mine prophetically this year. It just popped into my head. A real simple word. And then the verse just popped up. There it was. And that's it. All right? So don't fall into the charismatic uh, mistake of thinking it's got to be super spiritual. No, it just has to be supernatural. And that's God's work in us every single day. A New Year's revelation. Ask the Lord for a scripture. And then find the promise. Find the instruction. Study it. Memorize it. Live it. Share it. Make it yours and give it away. And remember, there's God's part and there's your part. I quote Mike Bickle at least once a year. Mike Bickle said, there's God's part and there's your part. God won't do your part and you can't do his part. I just think it's important that we hold the tension the beginning of a new year as we're asking for God to do amazing things that there's going to be God's part that only God can do. And that's where dependence is required. And then there's going to be our part, which only we can do, that God won't do for us. And that's where discipline is required. We're going to ask the Lord for this year. What do you, what do you want to do? Name the year. Give us a scripture. Individually, maybe as a church, the Lord will do that for us too. We're seeking. We're open. We don't have a five-year plan where everything's perfectly figured out. We've got a one-day plan. God, what do you want to do today? Now, sometimes he'll give that for a period of time, and we'll look forward. We'll have a, a frame to look through and say, God, this is what you want to do this year. I long for that for us. But there will be God's part where we're dependent, and there will be our part where we're disciplined. I'm not saying that the promises, promises of God are conditional. I'm saying the promises of God are cooperative. Right? We cooperate with the promise of God in our lives. So consider, as you and the Lord name the year, as you and Jesus search the scriptures for a, a promise or an exhortation, and then what's your part? Where do you need to depend? What's God's part? Where do you need to depend on him? And what's your part? Where is discipline required? Take time today. Does anyone have to go to work today? 
Anybody? Huh? You got the day off. I've just given you a little exercise for the day. Somewhere between football games and napping, food preparation, sit down with the Lord, sit down with a few other people and ask the Lord, God, what's this year about? How are you going to crown this year with your goodness? Give me a name. Give me a scripture. And then my prayer is those things just begin to bubble and, and God begins to work. And we'll hear more testimonies like we heard at the beginning of this message. In some struggle and in some glory, we see the, the year crowned with the goodness of God. Let's pray. Then will you come? Yeah, worship thing. Just take um, a minute. We've got plenty of time. Just a minute in the presence of the Lord. Maybe God wants to speak right now. Lord, we open our hearts to you. We trust you. You're a good God. You crown our years with goodness. Our paths drip with abundance. Holy Spirit, come and speak to us, your people. Thank you even now for pictures and images and words and scriptures, for recognition and for revelation. Thank you that, God, right now you are about the business in our lives of renewing and recreating You're restoring right now. You're reviving right now. You're releasing the spirit of the living God among us. Lord, like Moses, we ask boldly, go with us.